Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. Uh, this is episode 88. The title is, huh? Yes, huh? Because what the heck is going on? A whole lot of things traveling around. We find that, as we mentioned last week's podcast, that Russia has now uh, hooked the ruble to gold. Uh, that which I find interesting, and I'll give you some articles a little later that look at the impact that has on the global marketplace. The good news is one of our correspondents that we'll discuss later believes that that could really unhinge the total globalization effort that's going on. In other words, while some countries are still lean on the dollar, uh, Russia's uh, confidence and using gold as their standard and the ruble as their means of exchange will uh, disrupt the whole globalization movement and, and structure that our elites are trying to do. So I guess you don't poke the bear. Again, we'll get into more of that later. But then Elon uh, Musk decided to Increase his share of Twitter to 9.2%, which makes him the, the number one stockholder. My guess is, though, that even though he now has a place on the board, he's going to have little impact, uh, really, on how Twitter functions and all that. Uh, of course, it depends on whether or not he can build coalitions with other stockholders to bypass and, and go around Jack Dorsey and and his gnomes that work in the back room of Twitter deciding who can be on it and who can, what they can say and what they can't. Um, I, I find it interesting that a whole bunch of people have um, suggested that Elon Musk should work hard to get Trump back on Twitter. I think that's a pipe dream. Uh, first of all, if, if Trump did uh, come back to Twitter, that would make his social element that Devin Nunes is working on uh, become a, a dead on arrival, even though it's had a number of uh, difficulties getting launched. Uh, they can't seem to get their technology and so forth down. It's sort of the social aspect for Trump is sort of like Obamacare started for Obama. Uh, that was a, a nightmare and a digital fiasco. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, uh, I, I I don't know what Trump has in it. I I doubt if he has any real money invested in that thing. My guess is he's got a few hangers on traveling with him who are basically underwriting and funding it. But things are rather chaotic right now as the market goes up and down, uh, more down than up, and uh, cryptocurrencies are fluctuating all over the place. Uh, the price of oil uh, seems to be stabilizing. On the other hand, um, I, I've seen it drop as low as $85 a barrel, and it's back up to the $100, $100 plus range as I record this. Uh, things are just chaotic and crazy. And I guess one of the things that makes it difficult for us and why I've entitled this, huh, huh, question mark, he says, is that because of all the turmoil and chaos in economic sectors, as well as the war 
going on uh, between Russia and Ukraine and with the potential for others being drawn into that conflict, which could be radically devastating, with China saber-rattling against Taiwan and uh, the United States not knowing whether to crap or get off the pot, uh, the whole thing, is the uncertainty is what I think you could characterize this whole whole scenario right now in the economic and global front. Uh, food, we keep getting warnings, even our president, uh, the agile, the one with the agile mentality has said we can expect food shortages coming forward. And there are a number of reasons for that. First of all, the limit on fertilizers, as many of them are produced in the war-torn countries uh, that are going on right now, plus the fact that the supply chain issues compound that difficulty even further. So that means the high cost of fertilizer means a lot of farmers we notice in the U.S. at least who are traditionally corn farmers with soybeans as a secondary crop, have switched the formula now. We're looking at a projected planting of about 50% beans and 50% corn, which is going to reduce the corn. You have your government-mandated ethanol coming out of some of that, so corn as a food source uh, will be limited and more costly. And uh, who knows what impact the weather will have and things of that nature. So add into that the supply chain issues that we have, and we have a discussion about some of that and investment opportunities for you going forward in the supply chain uh, dramas that we are facing right now. So I guess maybe instead of, huh, I could have made it uncertainty as the title of this podcast, because there's a whole lot of stuff I wish I had a handle on. On the other hand, usually when you have chaos, uncertainty, distortions in the market, and maybe uh, directional change, there are some really phenomenal investment opportunities. But that's only good if you know who you are and where you are and where you want to go. And I cite as an example the notice I got from Facebook. It says, hi, Charles. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that so sweet of them to do that, that, that personally? One of your Facebook friends reported you for pretending to be you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so somebody has decided my life is so exciting, or some Autobot has decided that my life is so exciting they want to assume my identity and fish for friends on Facebook. And uh, I was kind of flattered by that, actually, in a way. I uh, I don't add friends on Facebook anymore. Just I just don't do it. And uh, the reason is I'm almost to my limit as they define it. And secondly, roughly half of the people I've added in recent months have end up ended up being somebody else. They come back and they try to, they immediately instant message me and then come back with a, have you heard about the latest government deal where you can make all kinds of money? And it's either government or Facebook or some other entity. 
And I say, well, thank you very much for the information, but I'm not interested. Thank you and goodbye. And I unfriend him. But anyway, so I feel sorry for myself <laughs> that that I I look at Facebook as a monitor of how my life is going. I guess I got to change that. Okay, let's get into some articles that I would recommend to you and sources that I look at frequently. Uh, one of them uh, I've mentioned before um, is the Breitbart Business Digest, and this is from Friday, and they've got some interesting articles in there this time, but a couple of things I want to note to you in their introductory section is that, first of all, they say that because Russia's gone to the ruble now, uh, if people need oil, food commodities such as wheat and corn, this will increase global demand for the ruble. In fact, it will strengthen both the hands of Russian financial institutions and ultimately Putin's government. So I guess all the sanctioning things we've gone through have forced the Russians to reevaluate their currency needs and currency options because they've been cut off by the EU and the U.S. And in, in the long run, it's going to end up hurting the very countries that are, are creating the sanction environment, which I think is only fair because I've stated to other people, we're, we're in effect at, in, at war with Russia. When you get into this kind of economic tail-twisting, it's war, economic war. All you have to do is flash back to how we and other countries in Asia treated Japan uh, back prior to World War II, and you'll see that they lashed out because they were economically uh, circumvented and, and found it difficult to maintain and grow their economy the way they wanted to, so they had to lash out and do what they could. I'm not defending them for Pearl Harbor, but I'm just saying there was a sense of reasoning and logic behind that move, even though it ended up being bad for them in the short term, but ultimately a good thing because the United States still at that time, at the end of World War II, had this deal that we beat the snout out of people and then we give them money to build back up and become global competitors. That's just the way it works. That's the good old USA foreign policy. A uh, couple other stories in Breitbart that I'll give you the headlines for. P Peter Thiel called Warren Buffett a sociopathic grandpa from Omaha for opposing Bitcoin, which is interesting. I like it when billionaires fight. Maybe we can get some of the crumbs that fall off the table while they do so. Another story was uh, wholesale inventories rose more than expected. What that means is we've got more inflation ahead, according to the Breitbart Business Digest. Another column I read every week, but I rarely use it in my reporting here on Living Liberty Today, is live science. I like to read it just because there's sometimes some really weird stuff in it. But uh, I'll give you a headline from Live Science, and this was from Friday. One is the Jamestown colonists killed and ate the dogs of indigenous Americans. Okay, now, I'm a somewhat of an amateur historian, 
And I suspect most historians have determined that the reason the invasion of white people created such a stir among the native people was because they were taking their land and their hunting grounds and just killing them willy-nilly. But I suspect there's another reason below that. You start killing my dog, I'm going to get irate, especially if I see you toasting my dog or roasting my dog over an open fire. That would really tick me off. So maybe, maybe we have uh, unintentionally, or life science has unintentionally opened the real reason for the uh, the tension between the Native Americans and the invading Europeans. And then one other one from live science that I found kind of fascinating in a perverted sort of way was they have an oddly heavy particle may have just broken the reigning model of particle physics. And all that told me was, and I'm not a physicist, but what that told me was that trust the science and follow the science are bogus terms. Because if science is ever static and stationary, it isn't science anymore. It becomes dogma. And so given what we've gone through during the pandemic and all the crap and stuff involved in that, we've just discovered in physics that there may have been an erroneous basic assumption all through physics. Now, that remains to be seen and sorted out, but I thought it was a fascinating thing to look at. From Pew Research Center on Saturday, uh, they talked about that 7 in 10 Americans now see Russia as an enemy, and, and that's bipartisan. Similar numbers for both Democrats and Republicans. It was just 41% in January. So given the whole Ukrainian thing and the narrative and the way the news is presenting it, people are now anti-Russian. And uh, But at least there's bipartisanship. You know, people keep longing for that and wanting it. And then finally, I'd recommend uh, Luke Lango's hypergrowth investing from Saturday. He's talking about the, the stocks for autonomous vehicles or AVs uh, are going are gonna to just go very fast, very quickly, because the trucking industry can't get enough drivers. And uh, so that... That is a big deal going forward. It's something you may want to keep an eye on and see what's going there. Gee, we've run out of time already. I guess I've been shooting off the cuff too long. So this has been Living Liberty Today. Live free, be free, and stay free. I'm your host, Charlie Earle.